very first installment of the Herd Here podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. Uh, Herd Here is a production of All the Lads Media, and it's where I explore two of my biggest passions. That's music and stand-up comedy. And during Herd Here, you know, I, I plan to bring you exclusive performances and interviews from my favorite musicians and comedians. Um, and right now, currently on the Herd Here webpage over at alltheladsmedia.com, you can find my interviews with musician Pete Roth, as well as comedian Nick Hoff. And there's also an exclusive performance from Chris Hine of the Florida band Opposite States. So go check those out. And those are all great segments that I'm super proud of and, and they're entertaining. But what I'm excited for today is to bring you the very first Heard Here podcast episode. And for me, really, there's no better artist to kick off the podcast than one of my favorite artists right now, Trapper Shep. Trapper Shep is a singer-songwriter. Uh, he's from Wisconsin and he just has a knack for great storytelling. He has this gift to take his stories, some are facts, some are fiction, um, and he's able to pair them with just the perfect instrumental that just creates a really catchy and great song. Um, and actually, this past April, he released his latest studio album called Rangers and Valentines, um, and it's definitely my vote for album of the year. So if you want to listen in on this episode of Heard Here, I chat with Trapper Shep about how he got into music, um, kind of what goes into his songwriting process, and um, just kind of what's behind the songs on his latest album, Rangers and Valentines. So sit back and uh, listen in to Trapper Shep. first edition of the Herd Here podcast. Uh, we're here with one of my very favorite artists, Trapper Shep. Trapper, how are you doing? I'm good. Apparently, this is a one-sided glass situation. No yeah. live. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I'll just go ahead and turn mine off. Now we're even. Whoa. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk with me today. I know it's uh, you're pretty busy. you got to get off to uh, rehearsal here pretty shortly. But, um, yeah, I just want to start. You got a new album out. Uh, it came out a couple months ago, uh, Rangers and Valentines. And uh, what I like to do here is just kind of see what, you know, got, gets my favorite artists into music and where they got, how they got to where they're at today. Um, so kind of what got you into playing and writing music? Uh, I, was, I was hanging out in my parents' basement. And I was all holed up with a herniated disc in my back from BMX bike riding. I, I grew up in the in the country, making my own fun, eating dirt outside, <laughs> building dirt jumps, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I herniated a disc in my back and in my parents' basement watching an old BMX bike video. And uh, this Bob Dylan song called Hurricane popped up, and I'd really never heard a song like that before. And it made it sparked my interest in the craft of songwriting as well as music. So I, I guess I would uh, trace it back to that moment 
right there, sitting on my parents' red checkered couch. And what age were you then? Was you know teenager? Yeah, about like fifteen, I guess. Okay, so at fifteen, you know, you start playing and writing. But what age did you, you know, make your first band? Was it shortly uh, after? Yeah, I guess as soon as I got my driver's license, I figured I could, I could try to take the show on the road, even though I didn't have a whole lot of performing experience. I thought it would be 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 fun to to get it out of the basement and my mom signed me up for guitar lessons without me really even knowing just sort of a surprise you're gonna try this out now it's safer uh alternative to bmx bike riding yeah (laughs) makes sense so you got you know you had your band and um i believe was that the trapper shep band yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was doing a little digging around and found uh, the old uh, A Change in the Weather album. That's a deep cut. Yeah, so I was just digging around and stumbled upon it. And um, so was that, you know, what age were you when that came out? And was that an independent release or were you guys just kind of trying to get a label? And Or what, what's kind of the story behind that one? Uh, I, I recorded that one right along Lake Pepin in Maiden Rock. Minnesota, or Maiden Rock, Wisconsin. I, I helped uh, these musician friends of mine strip all the paint off their house, gave them some cash, and they, they just helped me record my first album, and they were really sweet and kind, and I'm still close with them today. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm You're letting my practice out, Dylan. <laughs> That's my bad. It's all good. So I'm assuming, you know, that's the album you guys uh, toured on, just kind of trying to gain the fan base. Were you touring just around Wisconsin where you're from, or was it just kind of that whole area? Yeah, just just basically around Wisconsin. Where, where are you at? I'm down in Orlando, Florida. Nice. Where the weather is doesn't change quite as much as it does here. Yeah, where it's still 90 degrees at 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in Wisconsin, we have 10 nice days out of the entire year. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, that sounds like us, but they come during winter, and it's maybe, you know, if we're lucky, gets into the 50s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but it kind of uh, plays into my attitude, my sort <laughs> of Midwestern attitude of you're constantly trying to become one with what's happening right. in Mother your forces around you and uh, you're, you're you're always hoping the weather's gonna take a turn for the for the better and you're always looking forward you know in the winter you're looking forward towards the spring in the spring you're looking towards the, the summer and then in the summer it's too hot so you're looking forward to the fall um it's it's interesting but it it's funny that you bring up that first album because I guess the weather and mother nature and the forces beyond uh, what we can control has always been a bit of a theme in my songwriting. Uh, This latest album, Rangers and Valentines, it's all over there. You know, there's Tornado Alley, uh, which I wrote down in in, uh, Missouri. 
and uh, Ballad of Olaf Johnson, which is about a distant relative of mine and his first winter in America, and there was a really bad blizzard. <clears throat> and Olaf and his wife, Olivia, and his oxen had to dig a hole into the South Dakota earth flip his wagon over that hole and live out the, the entire winter there. No Netflix, no, <laughs> no chai, dirty chai teas with the espresso shots, no hand warmers. It's old school, a badass. Yeah, and, a, little, a little bit harder than we have it these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, for whatever reason, I think it. the reason is because – I'm from the Midwest, and we have such a varied climate here that the weather and uh, Mother Nature has always been a theme throughout my my music. And, you know, when I've toured down in Florida, they even say, you know, when I'm talking to people about how nice the weather is, they say, yeah, but it never changes. Yep. <laughs> other, yep. Than, other than a terrible downfall of of rain for five minutes and then the sun's back out again. Yep. That's a perfect description of summers down here. (laughs) So yeah, I've definitely noticed that, you know, weather and and kind of where you come from the Midwest has definitely been a theme throughout all of your albums and even coming after, you know, a change in weather. Um, You and the band uh, now called the shades, you guys put out lived and moved and then um, did run engine run. Were those both um, self releases or, was that you guys just torn a lot and trying to get, you know, a deal or whatever? Um, I guess I don't know if really getting a deal was ever a part of the master plan in any way. But, you know, you have people that come along in your life uh, in any field of work or play who uh, want to help you out and help spread, spread the word. Uh, yeah, I think record labels can be really important in uh, not just the the business side, but it's just the, you know, the, the music industry is the Wild West right now, and it's good to have some cowboys on your side. You know, <laughs> you got to have some good cowboys helping you out and cowgirls. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, it's an interesting time because, in a sense, you can – really completely do it all yourself as well because the way the internet has revolutionized the the do-it-yourself attitude in people that certainly has always applied to music but uh is really present now yeah because i first heard about you just a little background um i'm a huge frank turner fan and um, I get a text from my dad, you know, years a couple of years ago, right right after Run and Didn't Run had been released on Side One Dummy, and he goes, "I need you to find this album. It's this guy Trapper Shep in the Shades. You've got to look because you know, I'm a bit more handy with uh, technology than he is." I was like, "I've never heard of this guy," and so we found it and uh, listened. And as soon as uh, Wishing Well came on, which I think is uh, what track two or three. Sounds about right. Yeah, I was just I was hooked because at that time I was getting into a lot of you know just American kind of rock music, um, which is kind of rare for uh, people our age these days. And um, ever since then, you know, Run Engine Run's been one of my favorite albums, kind of over the last few years. 
Um, and so I get kind of what you're saying, you know, having those good people on your side, touring with people like Frank Turner. Um, I know you, you've also toured with uh, Old 97s, Social D, The Wallflowers, like a lot of a lot of heavyweight names in the music industry. How has uh, like those experiences been as far as learning how to write, tour, um, and just as far as engagement with your fans? Yeah, I think the, the great reward in hauling your ass across the country, coast to coast, up and down every which way, is getting to getting to share the stage with people that have meant a lot to you and people whose work have have uh, made an impact on your life. And I think all of those people uh, that you mentioned, like Rhett Miller, for instance, and uh, I forget who else you mentioned, but, you know, they, they, they were the young gun along the way too. And they, I think it's a, it's a way for them to uh, pay it forward and, and keep it alive and, and share new music with their fans because that's a really important part about uh, putting on any show is uh, the opening act who's going to, you know, what are the, the warm up band or whatever. It's really, it's really important when I go to a show, i I think that the, uh, the opening act is a reflection of the headlining act and it's, it it all goes back to uh, um, I, I I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, you're good. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's kind of you know, as a headlining band, you don't want to just bring some random people out. You want to bring people who you believe and are fans of because um, it does reflect back onto them. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like it's like the a vaudeville thing. It's a carnival. Uh, right. You- you want you want to present something, and uh, you know you you want you want you know it's it's a reflection of the headliner is I think the best way to put it and and I'm really honored that I've I've had the opportunity to you know be be on be on the same stage as a lot of these people you've mentioned. Yeah. So so far, who's your favorite artist or band that you've been able to to open for? Uh, I would say the the Jayhawks was really special because I grew up. Oh, I was born in Red Wing, Minnesota, and the Jayhawks are the pioneers of the Americana sound in the Midwest. I think. Uh, they they've really made their mark on the Twin Cities, uh, as well as the Midwest, which I mentioned, and you know nationally as well, I guess. But uh, yeah, where I grew up, the Jayhawks were really important, and so it was an honor to get to tour with them, and especially stand on the stage at Town Hall in New York City. I don't know if you're familiar with that venue. No, not too well. Um, but it's, I think it's where, uh, Bob Dylan had his New York debut. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a really important historical venue in New York city there. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so between, you know, run engine run, um, kind of the album I come, came to know you, um, and your current release Rangers of Valentine sounds like you're doing, um, a lot of touring and I, I've noticed a few different 
things on uh, this la- latest release. Um, first off, there's no more uh, Trapper Shep in the shades. It's just, you know, Trapper Shep. You still have the same backing band, and it was just kind of arbitrary, or is there a, a different band now? Honestly, it was it was a bit of a logistical issue because I tour a lot as a solo artist, and the way the the social media world we live in, everything is sort of tag oriented, right. and so it was really strange having venues say that Trapper Shep and the Shades were coming when it was just me. And there's no way to, you know, split that up on the social media world. And I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, there, there's not enough room on the, the marquee always for Trapper Shep and the Shades. It was a way of just uh, simplifying it. And uh, also establishing that Trapper Shep is a person because a lot of people thought it was a, uh, a, just a part of a long winded band name and right. they didn't understand that, uh, that I am human, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. That's the point I never even thought about, you know, they thinking that you're not a person and you're some name for whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah. Another thing I noticed is that, no longer on side one dummy, you guys moved over to extra mile. Um, and they've got, you know, some big names against me, Frank Turner and, and a lot of others. Um, how's that change been, um, as far as, you know, promoting wise or, um, you know, as far as helping get, uh, that sound kind of where it's at on Rangers. Uh, yeah, well, extra mile is very family oriented and we, we actually had the album done before we, uh, signed on with them, but uh, okay. getting back to what I was saying, uh, when when I did my European tour in the spring, you know, I had a few days before the tour began, and they said, "Come to London, we'll set you up with some shows, and we'll do some fun stuff." And uh, the first, my first day in London, I opened for Frank Turner at a War Child benefit at a few hundred capacity tight kind of club where, you know, everyone was sweating on each other. And yeah, I mean, that was my first real interaction with all of the extra mile family. It was, uh, you know, having, having the privilege of playing to Frank's most diehard fans in London. So like I said, they're very, family-oriented and a music-loving bunch and good good people. Yeah, that, that's awesome to hear because, you know, a lot of my favorite artists are on that, that label, so it's, it's good to have another one there. Um, so I kind of want to get into the songs on Rangers and Valentines because one of my favorite things about, you know, your songs, not just this album, but a lot, is um, you're a very great storyteller, which – in and of itself as a talent, but then being able to take kind of a story and then weave that into a song and a song that actually works is even more talent. Um, and Rangers and Valentine's is, is full of 10 great story songs, I, I think. Um, and you kind of have a that same Trapper Shep sound as other albums, but kind of bigger. I know there's more horns. Um, kind of really gets you moving. And it's certainly, you know, my nominee for album of the year. Um, 
So for this album compared to years past, is there a different approach to kind of writing these stories and, and what, for you, what makes a story into a good song? What makes a story into a good song? Uh, well, an important thing to remember with, with uh, songwriting and narratives is when you're trying to fit a, a story into a song, you're working within the confines of music, uh, rhythm, rhyming, you're trying to uh, manipulate uh, a real happening to work in your little world of music. And so you really have to, uh, you have to, you have to break, break it down and take, I always, I always really admire Harry Chapin because he fits, you know, a novel into one of his songs, the way he, you know, tells the story of the taxi driver in uh, the song Taxi or the the father and son in Cats in the Cradle or uh, the story of that great truck, banana truck that went down and 30,000 pounds of bananas. And I grew up listening to that record with my dad and I just really liked the way he told stories. They didn't really have beginning, middle and ends. They didn't have what we think of as, you know, a proper arc, but they, they worked within theme and it wasn't so much about having a clear understanding of, uh, um, points A, B, C in a narrative. It was more about establishing a theme and a feeling and I think that that's missing from a lot of contemporary music. I think a lot of music is is pretty abstract and uh, isn't isn't really working off themes. I really like songwriters like uh, Courtney Barnett and uh, one of my buddies named Frankie Lee from Minneapolis. Uh, they 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 aren't afraid to to say something with their songs and we need those voices to move, move music forward. There's, there's so much left to say. Yeah, I certainly agree. Another one of the things I really enjoy about your music is, um, you know, it's easy. I'm not going to say easy, but it's easier to take, you know, a generic boy meets girl song story and turn that into a song, um, which you, you can do as well. But then you take subjects like, your ancestor, like you mentioned earlier, Olaf Johnson, who, you know, survived in the cold winter, turned that into a great song. And then somehow you caught mono twice and you turned that into a catchy album opener. And, um, there's a lot of, I think stories that a lot of people, whether they're songwriters or not, wouldn't necessarily think would work. And you somehow, uh, kind of make it happen. Um, what's your favorite song and or story behind it on the latest album? Yeah. Well, the whole album is, is plays off of that idea of boy and girl, man, woman, Rangers and Valentines. Right. And it, it throws these uh, different male and female characters into adrenaline filled situations, you know, the hospital room in mono, the 
tornado and tornado alley, the, the hole in the ground and Olaf Johnson, you know, he's there with his wife, Olivia. Uh, yeah. And don't go, for instance, that's a song about, it's a song that's set in post nine 11 America where there's a, a young man who's, who's torn between uh, following in the footsteps of his father and staying home with his newly newlywed wife. So he has these these different male and female pressures that are uh, sort of pulling him pulling him in different directions. And I wrote that song uh, after I was playing at a a festival in Milwaukee, and it was it was pouring rain. And I think this is the first festival I played in Milwaukee, and I was really excited. But I was this big field, and there was just one guy standing in the field, and everyone else had ran under uh, tents and everything. Most of the people had left. But, you know, it's a field that usually would have 500 people standing under the sun with, you know, a beer in their hand. And there was just one guy in his army uniform standing there, and it was just such a striking thing to see from a stage is, you know, a man standing out under the pouring rain in a camouflage uniform. And he came up to me after the show and he said, he said, man, yeah, you, you were really good, but you didn't, you didn't have enough songs about soldiers. And I said, yeah, I, I don't have any songs about soldiers. And he said, that's my point. You need to, you need to write a song about it because uh, no one wants to... T- Young, you know, I don't hear any songs on the radio about guys like me. And it took me a really long time to 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 uh, come up with this song, Don't Go, because I, I tried to do my homework on it. I went, went on Reddit and went on a bunch of forums written by uh, guys in the military, and I, I talked to friends have family in the military and I, I tried to get the story right. Uh, but that, that's a little bit about don't go, I guess. Yeah. And that, that's one of my favorite songs on the album one, because that story, um, yeah, I think it's something a lot of people can relate to, but also really like the instrumentals and, and how the last verse really picks it up. And, um, and just the way to close out that whole arc of a story of him meeting the girl to him being deployed, you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one, um, kind of not necessarily track by track in order, uh, but another one, one, uh, one of my favorites is Ogalala, which, uh, to be honest, the first time I heard it, I thought it was a made-up city or it was just a made-up word to kind of fit with the la-la to be catchy in the chorus. And then I uh, kind of found out the backstory behind that. Um, for the listeners, do you want to kind of fill them in of kind of a, a real town and what happened for that song? Yeah, we we were coming back from California, opening for Social Distortion at Disneyland, of all (laughs) places, if you can imagine that. It's funny because when Social D plays out here in Orlando, um, they play at House of Blues on Disney property. So apparently that's a theme. (laughs) Yeah. And so we were coming, doing the long haul back from, uh, from California to Milwaukee and... 
we were driving on this black ice and the semi driver in front of us black uh, jackknifed and we saw all these cars in the ditch and the mood in the van was went from, you know, what a great tour to holy shit, are we going to die really quickly? Um, Cause when you're driving those vans and the winds and the ice, you top over pretty easy. Um, but they, they ended up uh, shutting down the interstate and we took the first exit we saw right after that semi jackknifed onto the oncoming traffic. And, uh, it was a town, sure as shit, called Ogallala. We just thought, oh, wow, that's that's just funny for whatever reason. And we got a room at a uh, little Super 8 there in Ogallala. And uh, I watched the new Hobbit movie, binged on Chinese food. I was really under, I was sick, and so I had some NyQuil. And you know, stranded for three days with nothing to do, and this all the all this all this debris kind of collected in my brain and and created that the song Ogallala. But uh, yeah, it's kind kind of a ghost song in a way. It's it's a ghost song for for the those people that that were out there and didn't didn't make it through that storm because they're you know I watched that night on the news about further up the road that didn't make it to Omaha uh you know that was their destination and they they didn't make it so yeah it's kind of a bouncy pleasant uh hummable tune but it definitely has a bit of a a darkness to it and you know plays up to just that whole theme in life of trying to get somewhere and, and just not quite making it, which applies to, to a lot of things. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it is a, it is a very catchy song, but yeah, when you get, especially once you know the story behind it, it's got kind of that darker kind of backstory. Um, another thing with um, kind of people, I believe around the same age, um, it, a big thing is dating. And there's also, there, there's two songs on here that, kind of sum up trying to date in your your mid-20s um talking girlfriend blues another catchy one and um apparently you're not the best luck with hitchhiking yeah if i understood correctly yeah well uh that song talking girlfriend blues it's kind of a kind of a jab at just love songs in general and you know even at myself for for writing songs that were overly dramatic in the past and I just wanted to write a song that that poked fun at at that whole torch song overly sentimental overly dramatic uh that kind of songwriting and yeah with talking girlfriend blues I I dipped into some of the the more humorous things that happened to me over the last five years and put them in the song, but the, the hitchhiking one was, uh, yeah, I, I hitchhiked to a date with a, with a girl and the guy who picked me up had, uh, had previously dated this same girl. And it, it, it was so strange because I was describing the girl to him while we were driving 
and he he kept he he seemed really interested and so you know i kept going on a little bit this and that said oh wow you know is her name this said yeah said oh that's my ex-girlfriend we had a bit of a falling out not not even you know a month ago and yeah he he was not totally excited to get me the rest of the way and (laughs) we went through the drive-thru at mcdonald's and then he just you know kind of said we'll see ya (laughs) and that was that and i don't i don't even yeah it was just kind of weird yeah, I mean, it sounds something that's straight out of a movie or some artist, some uh, singer's song or album, but it's actually true, which is <laughs> this is even crazier to hear. And then the other one is, and probably another one of my favorite uh, songs on the album is just super upbeat. Is uh, "Settling or Sleeping Around," um, kind of college town. Uh, you know, what's everyone doing? They're either kind of getting locked down or they're just out having their fun. Hmm. Yeah, and it's it's definitely not that simple, but that's the point in the song. It's just touching upon that uh, the juxtaposition between those two ideas of you know the settled married life and the uh, the more nomadic good times uh, late night bunch. So it's it's touching upon that idea, and it's not really uh, it's not uh, a big declaration or any sort of uh, grand statement. But it's I think it's just a, a bit an honest depiction of what I saw happening as my college years came to a close amongst. Uh, my friend circle and the, the people in my neighborhood. Yeah, and uh, I believe you just released the the video for that, correct? Yeah, and it's I may be mistaken, but does it not have uh, Milton from Office Space as kind of your co-star? Tom, Tom, Tom from Office Space. Yeah, he uh, he's from the Milwaukee area, and I was. I was walking to a a Comet restaurant one day in Milwaukee and I saw this guy in front of me and I've watched the office space movie just countless times. And there's that great uh, horizontal shot where he's bitching about his job and he's walking down this incline and then back up. And he just, he has this signature, signature look to him. And I was, you know, quite a ways behind him, but I said, man, that, that looks exactly like Tom from office space. And my, my brother who always says I'm the king of saying everyone looks like everyone said, (laughs) you know what? You you might be right this time. And as we got closer, we found out it was him. And one of my friends that I was meeting in the restaurant uh, just gave me the, the biggest shit-eating grin ever when he walked <laughs> in the restaurant. And we were walking right behind them. And we introduced ourselves. We hung out for a bit there in the street. And then I come to find out that he's related to one of my friends. And, oh, wow. and yeah, he lives in L.A. now. But uh, we were casting this role for the this, this Saddle and Music video, and we, we wanted a character 
like his character in the movie Office Space. That's the way we, we were talking about casting. And one of my my buddies, he said, well, why don't we just actually get that character? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and so we, we kind of massaged a lot of different angles in, in uh, getting to him. But once we broke through, he was he was just a hundred percent in, and we had we had a pretty epic day with him, as you can see in the video. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll make sure to post it because it is a it's a great video, and I think it really suits the song well. Um, but yeah, is kind of uh, I know you got to get to rehearsal, so I don't want to keep you. Do you have any kind of uh, closing comments, or are you guys starting tour? I know you have a couple dates up on your site. Yeah, we're coming down to trying to think if we're coming to Florida or not. That would be, yeah, that would be ideal. <laughs> we're, do, we're doing a full U.S. tour in uh, in November, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's not full U.S., full as in Florida and the, right. deep, the deep down south areas, but I'll get back to you on that, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, thanks, Trapper. I <clears throat> really appreciate it. Um, for everyone listening, go tre- uh, check out uh, Rangers and Valentines. It's, uh, again, like I said, my al- nominee for Album of the Year. Um, and uh, whenever Trapper Shep and the Shades come around on tour, make sure to check them out. I'll be there, man. Life is a lie for me Every time he turned He looked down at his wedding